Raul. Raul. Yeah. Finally, it took us what? Four months, five months. I don't even know. We've been planning this for the longest time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I mean, I have to tell you, like, I feel you've been by my side kind of virtually for like at least a year, at least. So look, I can see you smiling. I wish everybody could see you smiling. It's awesome. It's awesome. Because, you know, one of the reasons you're here at Wool is that I've actually kind of seen you kind of come to life virtually. And that's really, really hard to do. Really hard to do. So congratulations to you on, on that. I appreciate that so much. Um, and really, I think of our relationship and how it has developed over the past couple of months. And I'm like, damn, where where was Martha Nino when I, when I was a kid and when I was a child? Because I could have greatly benefited from our relationship then. But I'm happy we're here now. You're not very old. So let's see, where would I have been? I would have been like dancing at some nightclub or something like <laughs> <laughs> that influence <laughs> but no I, I think Martha Nino now is loves loves to to support uh young talent young humans like yourself just kind of see what you're all about where are you working at Raul tell everybody yeah so I work for the Hispanic Foundation of Silicon Valley as the marketing and communications manager I've been there for three years now that's awesome and where were you at before like did you go you went to school yeah, so I went to school at um, UC Riverside, but before that, I went to community college in uh, Cabrillo in Aptos. Yeah. And then after that, I got into nonprofits and then started my little side hustles here and there and transitioned from being in Hollister to being in Gilroy and then remarkably being in San Jose. So um, that's kind of where I've been in the last 10 years. Let's uh, let's build up to San Jose, right? Because uh, that's where you you get your paycheck. That's what you do, kind of on a day to day basis. But you just said side hustles, and I love to hear about side hustles. What 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 are the side hustles, and what's your favorite? Oh, the favorite is spending time with my family. Even though you know running a business with your family can be hectic at times, but I, I never realized the appreciation that I had for entrepreneurship up until these past recent years. And um, when I was younger, my mom would always take us to sell flowers at any corner shop that she could find or anywhere. And she would sell flowers out of her van. And so for me, when I was young, I thought of that as just being like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Why would anybody do this? Mom, you're embarrassing. And the whole community is going to know. And now I can't wait to to um, sell flowers, to sell tamales, to sell tacos, anything and everything, because I know that that involves my family, my brother, my mom, my sister, my dad, everyone. So your family's still doing this? Yeah, yeah. Yes! <laughs> and we should say, when we talk about like small business, like this is small business, side hustles. I mean, the people that we see in the streets with the flowers. Yep. You know, that could be your mother, right? Yeah. Your mom. Yeah. When I, see, when I see people doing that, selling paletas, whatever, I, I think about my parents. Yeah. Can you tell me a day, like, when your mom sells out of her flowers, like, that must be, like, the best day in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, we're so tired. That's that's happened a couple of times before, and we just want to go home and make sure we're we're safe getting home, and then just just relax and unwind. But that that is a very beautiful time. Yeah, my mom makes uh, Jello. My mom makes gelatinas. Same feeling, right? It's like when you sell it, it's it's a big thing. So, okay, so your mom's selling Jello. What's your, your dad? Uh, my dad's a campesino, so he's out in the fields all, all day, every day. He's retired, but he still goes to work. And um, it was interesting. He was telling me the other day that him and uh, a couple of his coworkers have about like two or three acres, and they get to plant and plot anything and everything that they can think of. So my dad is always coming home with, with fruit, vegetables, and I kind of want him to take me over there just so I could um, experience that. But yeah, my dad is around and he helps a whole lot with my mom and it's a 40 year working relationship. So that's also a sight to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Have you, uh, did you help your, your dad in the field work before? Like when you were a kid? No. And recently I had thought about this a little bit more. So my dad never really exposed us to that kind of stuff. And at moments I think he I wish he would have. And at other moments, I understand why he didn't. But uh, my uncle owns a couple of acres. And so he is a farmer himself. And when I was about 12 or 13, he encouraged me to work one summer for him. And we were out picking onions and, and cutting them and bagging them and then carrying the costales to the truck. And it was painful. I remember he said, you know, que pasa mas un un costal o un lapis. So uh, it was then that I kind of, although I, I didn't listen because I was hard-headed, I could see the beauty in, in what he was trying to teach me at the time. Those are beautiful words. ¿Qué pesa más? ¿Un costal o un lapis? And, you know, for anybody listening to this that doesn't know Spanish, you know, what weighs more? A, what is it? A sack of onions or a pencil? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think um, those are your dad's teachings. So he pushed you and your siblings to go to school because he didn't want you to be doing what he did and breaking your back and, um, you know, doing all that manual labor that he was doing. That's beautiful. He knew how he knew. And in his experience, um, his dad took him out of school in seventh, eighth grade um, just because he had eight younger sisters and. Uh, he took him out of school one day. He remembers very vividly and never returning back to school again. So since then, he had always been working in the fields. And they were born in Mexico, right? Yes, they were born in Mexico. And my dad transitioned to the U.S. Uh, a couple, several ways, a couple, several times, <laughs> illegally and legally. And so did my grandpa. But after when he established his life here, he very rarely uh, visited um Mexico. He would go back once a year, but he was very cautious of us not going back with him just because of all of the stuff that goes on in, in Mexico. And he, he felt that we were safer out here. Yeah, there, there, are, there were periods not so long ago that were uh, not, not very safe Yeah, to Mexico. I think that's what you're saying. And I, you know, that's one of the reasons why a lot of people leave these countries, right? It's just not safe. So he's going back there to visit, I'm sure, his family, of course. He has eight siblings. Yeah, and so he has to do that. Yeah, so I had only gone to Mexico about four or five times in in my life. But 
every every time that we go we go to his particular house and it feels like home like it my my aunts my cousins like like i've i've known them for years and it really just feels i i there's no other way to explain it other than it feeling like home yeah one of the the beautiful things that i admire of you raul is just your admiration and appreciation for your family <laughs> i want to say that it's not, you, you don't skip a beat in saying uh, thank you to your dad, to your mom, to your sister, to your brother. Is it only one sister, one brother? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's 100% of your family. I mean, that's amazing. And you vlog, V-L-O-G, right? A, a lot. You're super creative. And I love what you do with all of your vlogs. And you know what? I was just reading one of them, one of your little posts, it says that you turn them around like 24 hours. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Vlogging is something that I picked up this year and I completely love it. It, It's a different side of me that I'm learning about. Just like you, I don't have, I, I can't see myself and I don't know that I'm me, but with creating these vlogs, I, I see myself in a different light. And it's also another way for me to document my day in life and what it's like to be my age and in my kind of world and with my kind of worries. And I look forward to 20 years from now when I'm reflecting, if I'm lucky to be around, that I, I can look back at these moments and be like, dang, like either that was, that was really cool that I was doing that or it was really silly that I felt that way because look at me now. Look at me now. And, you know, 20 years from now, when you're about my age, um, <laughs> you know, you look back because, I, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. But, you know, digital stays up there, right? As long as you keep yeah. it up there. But, yeah, whoever your children are or friends or whatever it is that, you know, life takes you 20 years from now. You're right. You could be like, oh, my God, I had hair or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it is, right? Uh, my my experience on digital, too, because I've been doing some of that, not as, you know, you, you were like, you know, amazing. I just kind of hit record and go, but you're right. We can go back and go, what was I thinking? Or dang, I did that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I like it. I like it. And one of the biggest uh, things that, I, that I'm absolutely about is this community culture and nostalgia. And I love looking back at photos and videos and all of that. I am uh, I keep things very organized when it comes to that. Before I forget, Martha, during the pandemic, and I, I hope that this relates to you and, and what you're doing, uh, during the pandemic, I, I kind of hit like a, a hard point in my life. And I stumbled upon you and the video that you did at Adobe. And I'm not going to lie, like it completely made me cry. And if I were to look at it again today, It'll make me cry again, but just the beauty within, of course, your speech and and how you were able to address everybody, but more importantly, that your mom was in the crowd and that she got to see you in that light in front of all your peers. And I felt so compelled and so emotional about it that I I wrote to you and not thinking that you were going to look at it or or anything and i think that's what sparked the, our our relationship even further is just the ability for you to do that and the capacity for your mom to see you in in this lifetime i i only wish i can do the same Ooh, you're going to make me cry <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, that, you know, you know, that was a life changing moment for me. And, you know, a really good friend of mine, she told me, uh, you know, when she found out I was doing this, she says, you know, you need to have your mom there, you know, for this. And, you know, prior to her even saying that, I was like, what do you mean? I, you know, I just thought work, you know, these things are work, you know, you involve work people. But when she says that, no, these things are, I mean, like you, you know, your mom is selling flowers, you know, in the street, your dad is, you know, picking onions. Like, you know, my mom's janitor, you know, they don't know our work. They don't even know what I do. They just think I talk on the phone all the time (laughs) to have an opportunity like this. And I can't wait for your mom and your dad or however it's going to work out to see you in what you do and getting, you know, the accolades that you will be getting in the future. I've already kind of seen, you know, people, people, uh, you know, talk to you and, uh, it's already happening. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's happen Raul. You just got to get yourself out there. And what a beautiful feeling to share it with your, your parents. I mean, you know, my mom was there, my children were there. And if my mom would have just, you know, she turned around and, you know, there's 1200 people behind her backing her up. Mm-hmm. You know, interestingly enough, Raul, when I talked to her after, you know, parents are parents. I said, mom, so what'd you think about all that? You know? And then she's like, I was really scared for you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, scared for me. Why would you be scared for me? I'm all, um, she says, because for the first time I couldn't protect you. Oh. I was super vulnerable. Oh. And think about it. Like that talk was super vulnerable and being in a, you know, undocumented person at one time where all you do is hide yep. you know being a person who doesn't speak english where all you do is you know you don't want anybody to know you have an accent or from some other place because that potentially leads to discrimination yep. you know all we can get into all of this crazy stuff right yeah but my whole point to all of this is there i was saying that's exactly who i was and who my family was and you know we are just fine we're going to be just fine so for you to kind of feel what i'm felt during that talk is awesome it's awesome yeah you have to worry about it anymore we had it it was it was like such a like oh my god we've done it type moment and that from there on i was like boom i would talk to raul i would talk to <laughs> i would talk to yeah i would talk to everybody and let them know they can do this too and what a beautiful feeling to give it back to our parents Absolutely. Oh, man, there's so much that you touched on. And and I I feel absolutely that we have the same connection. My parents and especially my my dad, my dad's a lot more quieter and it's common among immigrants in terms of you almost want to be in the shadows. You don't want that light on you because then some other stuff will be revealed. But my North Star, and I think it's very similar to yours, is is rooted in family and tradition and culture. And you mentioned accolades, and I'm not really interested in that stuff. But if I have the opportunity to share what my family is about and and all of our trials and tribulations and our challenges and where we are now, I'm with it. I'm I'm for it. <laughs> Yes. yes. And, you know, I hear you on the accolades and stuff. I mean, I'm almost 50 years old. I did, I, you know, I've done fine without all of that. Right. But I think what you can do with getting attention is tell your story so that other people can feel good about theirs. And then it's, then they start voicing their, their stories and start being okay. And you just mentioned something that's so beautiful. You said, and shine the, the light on it, the limelight, be in the limelight. 
where we we typically again you know as immigrants are absolutely in the dark mm-hmm. we don't hear many of these stories we don't want to talk about them you know when I told my mom I was going to talk about the immigrant story she's like what, what are you doing like she was great like, she thought I was nuts she's like uh, maybe you shouldn't say so much and I'm like what <laughs> I, I, ha- I have documents. I have a job. What, what's going to happen, right? Right, right. Um, so anyway, she was a little bit nervous about it, but I think it's just so ingrained in our culture to not shine limelights, to not shine on those you know dark stories, to not shine on on the everyday of an immigrant, you know, from especially from Mexico or any of them. Yeah. You know, we had talked about this uh, a little bit in some of the previous conversations that you and I shared, but. For the longest time, and keep in mind, I'm a middle child and I was born in September. So, you know, I'm a Virgo and then I'm creative. So I'm a little bit weird, but being weird is cool now. So, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I acknowledge that, you know, I'm a little bit different than my brother and my sister. And also I'm an tr- introvert as, as well. But for the longest time, I believe for whatever reason that someone was going to come and help me, that someone will show me the way or guide me, or I don't know, say, Hey, you should do this. And I believed in that wholeheartedly. And then only after that, I'd be able to share my story and, and share the story of my family. But what has happened in the last year, year and a couple months has really solidified the fact that I, I need to tell the story the way I want to tell it because no one else will tell it the right way. And and it is up to me to bring forth my sister, my brother, my mom, and my dad so that people get to know them. If you think I'm cool and if you think I'm nice, that's cool and all, but you should really get to know my family. You should really know my sister and my brother because they are just stellar people to, to get to know in your life. Thank you for bringing them up. Again, I think that's one of the things that makes you not weird. Unique, okay, I'm an Aries. <laughs> you said you're a Virgo. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a complete extrovert. Yeah. But here you are. You're saying you're a complete introvert, and we're still connecting. <laughs> it has zero to do with kind of that surface level stuff, and more to do with that kind of deep. I, I talk about this all the time: the deep heart level stuff, the deep rooted stuff that you're talking about you know, your parents, you know, how you grew up, um, the culture, it, it's deeper than the surface stuff. So anyways, thank you for giving your, your family the limelight. I hope that they get a chance to hear you say all of this. <laughs> Amazing. You might have to say it in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my family watches my little okay. vlogs and they're like, dude, you're so weird. Just <laughs> my brother. But it's all right. It's, it's okay. your, your brother's story was so cool because he's he's you just bought a taco truck, right? Yeah, Is it a taco truck. Or? It, well, it's a food truck, but um, the, the previous owner did did have it for tacos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was so cool that you wrote about him. And I, was he? Is he shy? I, I'm not too sure. I think he's more of an extrovert, but yeah. um, I think I, at first he's a little bit shy. Yeah. yeah. But you gave him all the credit, and I mean, he's chasing his dream, right? Yeah. And I think that's amazing. And then your sister, I mean, I want to say the first conversation we had about your sister, you told me about her. You're like, you're so so humble, Uh, I love that. You're like, wait, not about me. Let's talk about my sister. You know, she went to this school, and she's doing this, and I'm so proud of her. 
and that was really cool that you did that because you keep again you know shining the light on others and I think that you know once it becomes about others like everything that we do is not really that you know it doesn't it's not the it's not the main focus yeah and I think it becomes a whole lot easier um definitely a big part of what I'm doing now is creating content and I find it so hard to talk about myself but when I talk about my family it's it comes natural and I think you see that in the writing and in the video stuff but for those that don't know um, my brother is a chef he went to school at UNLV for hospitality and management my sister is in tech in the VC world I don't know what that means exactly you can look it up but um, but she is uh she is someone who is very smart, intelligent, and I don't know how else to describe her other than she's a very smart <laughs> person. Uh, she went to Princeton for her undergrad, and then she went to Wharton for um, her MBA. So let's talk about that. I mean, those are pretty big schools, right? And, yeah. you know, coming from kind of humble beginnings, like how does that even happen? I mean, you're did you, your parents didn't know? Like, how did, how do you, how did, I mean, for people listening, Raul, that don't have anybody to tell them, how did they get there? How did you get there? Because I saw your dad wearing a Riverside shirt. That was, oh, awesome. yeah. <laughs> he was yeah. so proud. And, that, um, although it was, you said it was a little tight, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, a lot of people that are humble end up in college. You know, I had issues with that, but how did you guys, I mean, she ended up at Princeton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, the, my dad and that post that I did for him, I got 35,000 views and then uh, UCR shared it. So he got even more views. And uh, just to preface that, that post, um, I had bought this shirt when I graduated from my dad that said UC Riverside, which is the school that I attended. And he put it away in the shelf somewhere. And it was a Sunday afternoon we were just out chilling enjoying the sun and getting some fresh air now to know where he comes out with his brand new banking shirt and i said i completely forgot about that shirt so um i decided to take a picture at the moment and luckily i had my camera well i think the picture tells the story <laughs> and these were thirty-five thousand views on linkedin yeah which, you know, some people you know, I, I think it's great because you gave 35,000 people, you know, an idea of, you know, you talked about your dad and his humble beginnings and how proud he was of his son. I mean, those things are on LinkedIn. And I think it just makes it super cool that, um, you know, we're able to celebrate our humble beginnings and just talk about, yeah, you know, some of us are in tech, you know, some of us are in, you know, professional jobs and, yeah, our dad can sport our shirt every now and then, right? And it's yeah. okay. it just makes it okay, Raul. You just made it okay for 35,000 people. Yeah. Think about us. Like you said, <laughs> cares about Raul and Martha. Like, it's all those other people that are learning from your stories and your vlogs. That's so cool. Yeah, and in the photo, he has a, a tejana on and his, you know, Mexican traditional mustache. And it's it's great. It's it's a very lovely photos. And uh, there was an outpour for um, support. And it was it, the comments are awesome. <laughs> yeah, that that's so cool. 
But okay, so your dad wears the tejanas, he's sporting the mustache. My dad had a ginormous mustache too. <laughs> like, how did you end up? And I know he he pushed you to pencil instead of, you know, manual work, which is, I think that was the number one thing. He kind of kept you, uh, although he might have not known exactly, you know, what to do. He just knew you needed to kind of do this, go down this lane. Yeah, and you had talked about, um, you know, how does a family end up in at Princeton or in college that comes from humble and small beginnings? So for my sister, my sister is eight years older than me, and um, she really set the bar really high for all of us. But without without a doubt, she ran into some huge challenges, and that's why I think my sister is the greatest person on earth. She won't believe me, even if she were to hear this. But when she was applying for colleges, she was very savvy and smart. Um, and she looked at Stanford, Cornell, and some other places. But her dream school was to go to Princeton. At the time, she wanted to become a lawyer. You know, so naturally, she went to her counselor at our high school and said, I want to go to Princeton. How do I get there? And the counselor told her, you will never go there. She said, why? So she said, the counselor said, because your family doesn't come from any means. It's a, you come from a small town in Hollister and you have no association with Princeton. And that's a school where, you know, your family, if your family's in, you're good and all of that. Well, she met a couple people and, and explored some alternative routes. She ended up getting a full ride to Princeton and graduating. But then she didn't stop there. A couple of years after that, after living in New York, she uh, she set her mind on going to Wharton. And if you don't know Wharton, Wharton's one of the best business schools there is in, in America. And she got in and she graduated and that's another huge accomplishment. And now she's in tech and, uh, you know, doing other great things. So, so that's one example of my family. For me, I was never into school. I was just not passionate about about any of the teachings, any of the learnings in high school. So I am uh, for sure C and D student. It was only the day after high school that I realized that education was important. So I went to community college. I was there for three years and then I transitioned into UC Riverside after. But for me, the academic lifestyle is not it's not healthy for me at all. I don't, I don't believe I have such a hard time with the evaluations that you get for midterms and finals and all of that stuff, because I, I don't think that's, that's true indicator of how you learn, but you know, I got through it. And as soon as I got my bachelor degree, I gave it to my mom and I said, here you go. Merry Christmas. I, I don't plan to see this anytime soon. And so she has mine uh, up on her wall with my brother, he went to community college as well, and he transitioned into uh, UNLV. Likewise, I mean, I think now I wish I would have been a better brother to him, but uh, I'm for sure making it up for it. In high school, I was a bit of a jerk. <laughs> Baby brother? Yeah, he's two years younger than me, and my sister's eight years older than me, so. Yeah, well, we do dumb things, you know. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, as you grow growing up, I mean, we're just kids. Don't don't beat yourself up about it. I mean, we have as long as we have days, we have opportunities to to try to you know make things as you want them better. 
right? Yeah. And uh, I think that vlog you did of him was a great representation of brotherhood. So don't beat yourself up. I mean, I wish it was a better this, a better that. We all wish we <laughs> better at this, right? Yeah. Um, but and I think I think it's beautiful that you just just gave us two parallels. And you guys are both doing fine. And, you know, and for us parents listening, because I have kids, you know, around, you know, same uh, age gaps as you guys were, different kids, different personalities. They might have different, you know, avenues. And I think we can't, you know, that counselor did a horrible job in motivating your sister. Or maybe that's what gave her that push. Who knows? Anyways, uh, we could still be okay. You did the digital nest mentoring, right? Yeah, I did. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So younger kids, right? Younger people. And why I you do a lot on LinkedIn. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because, and you just brought up your sister and your story. It's like, you know, when people see this and they'll see Princeton, like, oh, da, 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 da. they'll be like, what? It's possible? It's possible. And your dad can wear Tejana and your mom can sell flowers and it's all right. Mm-hmm. You just need to go for it. You're going to be okay. Hey, I captured three quotes that you had um, written. And one of them, you, you kind of said, you said you were weird. You're not weird. <laughs> you, said, uh, you can be this, this and that. You define you. I think it was yeah. something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what you're trying to say. It's like, look, you do work at the, um, you know, in this organization in the Silicon Valley. Fine. You can be that. You vlog also. You know, and you're doing all these other things. And I think it's okay. And I think more than ever, it's it's very accepting. I mean, I'm doing a bunch of other stuff too. That it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't do. <laughs> that quote was really and, and as a creative, you put your work, you put yourself in your work uh so much. And and for those that are not creative, they don't have the slightest idea how much of you you put yourself in that so that when people say oh go create this or do that like you know what you're asking me to do right like you're asking me to put myself my piece of soul into whatever and that quote was to give permission to those that were seeking it and for me at the time and i still have challenges with this is that you know in marketing your the traditional way was to travel a certain path but now with the internet and other things like there is no path you can create it and everything has flipped and that's just to say that you can be anything and everything i listen to um td jakes a lot and i have i think that he is one of the greatest communicators in this lifetime he um explains it a lot better than me but i i think i was probably really feeling him at the time when i wrote it I love that. You're absolutely right. I'm in marketing too. And, you know, when they ask us to create programs, and there's different levels of creativity, you know, so yeah. think of the ideas and some of us have to work with the people who actually do it. And when you actually go out and create a piece, you're right. I mean, creativity is so uh, subjective, right? Mm-hmm. And it's personal and it's personal. If I say go create this or whatever, it, it will have the real edge to it. Mm-hmm. So um, you're absolutely right. So thank you for giving the creatives, um, you know, the creative folks permission to do that. The other quote that you said was, uh, march to the beat of your own drum. Right? <laughs> and we've all heard that. But I think that's, that's what I, I like. It's like, forget everybody else's drum. What does Raul want to do? And yeah. you kind of make your own recipe for, you, you know, your own self. 
that way. Yeah, I remember that post. Um, that one, I went hiking up in Pinnacles, and I one of the things that I love to do is is hike, run, and and be outdoors. And that quote was me feeling really excited about just anything and everything. And when I went hiking, I went at the beginning of the year and, you know, around that time, you're just so open to new possibilities and new year, new you type of way. And also the beat to your own drum. I was listening to Kit Cudi, who I highly relate to. And, you know, he's someone who has been an example for many uh, young people, for sure, for, for many kids out there. Uh, no, I, I love that one. All right. Now that we're on the the quote thing and you actually have a lot of meaning. Now I'm going to ask you every time you quote something like what. <laughs> <laughs> you, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. You just did that one. Yeah. That quote is not from me, though. That I, no. I believe that's uh, that's Sally May. Um, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that to me is just so true. And to be completely candid with you, Martha, like, you know, all of us have been impacted by COVID. And for me, the realization of that I'm getting older, I'm no longer a young buck, but I can. I must be ancient then. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I think. For I think society got to me in the sense that when you hit 30, you're supposed to be a, a certain, I don't know, somebody. And at that time, I had purchased my my home. And really, it, it just took me in for a, a whirlwind of a multitude of emotions that I, I wasn't ready for. And the reality of, of death was just so new and impactful for me that I, I didn't, I'm learning how to cope with the realization of that that we all just have to go through this process but that quote hones in so much to me that if you do it right you know once is once is enough and that means you have to live without fear and regret and i wish that i could say that fear has not never gotten the best of me because it has all of us yeah all of us, whether we admit it or not, even at, you know, my age, 26, just kidding. <laughs> even at my age, it's, it's, um, it's scary. It's scary. Things happen that are scary. And, you know, depending on the year, you know, there's something else happening, but I love what you said about, um, Hey, we're, we're, we might not be here tomorrow. Right. So whatever it is that we're doing today at, you know, at whatever level we can control it, because there are things in our lives we can't control, right? Let's try to make it as good as possible. Let's be nice. Let's be kind. It, it, it's super fundamental stuff. And in case we are not here tomorrow, right? At least what I did the day before made me feel really good. Exactly. You know? That's 100% it. That's what it's all about right there. <laughs> and, or, you know, also you, you've been talking about, you know, hey, I, I want to tell my, I'm trying to make up for it with my brother. Like you said that. Even that, you know, it's not too late as long as we're here, Mm -hmm. as long as we're here on this earth, because at least you, you're trying, you're trying to be a better person. You're trying to talk with words or show it with actions. However it is that people um, show this, how to be a better human. And it seems so easy, right? It seems so easy, but it's not that easy. I mean, sometimes it does require work. Some, some of us have a hard time speaking. Some of us have a hard time getting emotions out. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that in essence is why I I decided to become so vocal in the past 12, 16 months. And the vlog is one of them, the writing and posting on LinkedIn is another one. And I I just want to put it out there. I don't know. We we both don't know what's going to happen at 5 p.m. today or tomorrow. And I think when you go through those kinds of experiences and have your friends just pass away because of natural causes or whatever, it, it scares you naturally as it should. But there's so much beauty in, in, in realizing that. I tell my brother all the time, it's like, I don't want to fight with you anymore. Like, like just chill. Because what do you mean you want to fight? Why are you being weird? Like, <laughs> you're so weird when you say stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, just come here, give me a hug. And then he's like, no. <laughs> so, um, brother. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> hey, my brothers were punching themselves yesterday. Okay. And they're like almost <laughs> 50. I'm like, really? You guys, seriously, but no, no, I hear you. I mean, you know, um, it's not that you're being weird. It's that you're just you're just wanting to love, and you're wanting to let them know that you love them. And I think culturally, I mean, Raúl, we don't really say that too often. And when we try to get close, like, yeah, people think we're weird, or people think what's gotten into them. Why are they being all nice? Like, are they gonna <laughs> die tomorrow? Maybe. Hey, yeah. maybe. Maybe I am. I don't know. So just in case I do, I just want to let you know that I love you, you know, yeah. that you matter. And I'm so glad that you actually, you know, this conversation is kind of moving towards that because these are the humanity, you know, type things that I think, you know, whether you're in a professional environment or not, just being nice and you're telling them they're doing a good job, telling people, hey, don't worry, you know, take a stress day off, whatever it is that you need. It's like everybody's like in their own, has their own story going on. Right. And whatever it is, we just have to kind of just embrace that and just be nicer with each other. Absolutely. Together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. On the good days and even on the bad days, it's still this, this life is very beautiful and you can just imagine what it's like for others on their best day might be your worst day or your worst day might be their best day. It's just, it's all relative. There's so many other things going on in the world and, for me, I, I'm lucky that I can create my own world in, in that capacity and, and give as much as I can. Yeah. Your worst day, you're, you're so full of wisdom. Your worst day can be somebody else's um, better day or best day. Yeah. That's so yeah. true. I actually, that hit me the other day. I was, I don't know, I was complaining about something about my house or something like that. And then I kind of I go for a walk and then I see, I see a couple in a, a car, Raul, they were living in their car. And here I was going mm-hmm. at my house. And then, you know, drive around and there's somebody begging for money out in the street. He didn't even have a car. So uh, it, it was just proof that you're absolutely right. It's like, you know, sometimes we have to take things into perspective and just appreciate what we have because somebody else might have it worse. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Raul, is there something that you might a message you might want to send out to the young generation out there that maybe doesn't feel like, you know, professional environments for them. I mean, you, you kind of talked about it. You said you were not a very good student. It wasn't your <laughs> <laughs> which I actually appreciate. I, hey, you know, I got kicked out of high school. Hey, and I ended up just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Anything that you want to bring up that maybe we didn't bring up? 
Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I can talk to you all day. So that's like a big question. I'm actually going to do a, a little vlog today. So today I'm 32 days away from my 32nd birthday. Nice. And uh, last year was my best birthday ever because I got to plan it my own way. And I had never done that before. It, it was always like, oh, like, it's just another day. Like, I don't really want to do that. I'm too cool for that. <laughs> or the complete opposite where my mom plans it. And so my mom hyperjacks the whole event and invites everybody. Like, and before you know it, there's like 200, 300 people at our house. And I don't oh even God. know. I, don't, I only know like three of them. So... <laughs> You know, there's that. <laughs> but for this one, as I shared with you, like I really want, I'm trying to find this. So I need to go to work on this, which I'm very excited about. I'm trying to find a Juan Graviel singer. And I want to feel all of the emotions for from um, the beauty of Juan Graviel. Like I want to cry. I want to laugh. I want to dance. I want, to, I yes. want everything, everything that has to do with, with Juan Graviel life. I'm, I'm with it. <laughs> Anybody out there who does Juan Gabriel, like, call us. <laughs> yeah, an impersonator, a singer, whatever. It'd be two, three hours of just Juan Gabriel. It can be on repeat, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm I like super him. excited. So, I that. saw him when he was, like, 20-something. You, you probably read about it, but everybody was booing him. Like, like, he was at a movie theater. Like, it was one of, like, the his first gigs. And, you know, eventually he went on to fill stadiums. But people were booing him because mm -hmm. it was the right audience. And he was so different. And, and people thought he was weird, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, I remember my dad walking out of the movie theater because they were just not used to hearing his type of music. Yeah. There was a Dang twist it. to the Mexican regional music we were used to, right? And yeah. now, you know, fast forward 30, 40 years and, you know, became one of the, uh, you know, biggest stars in, in um, all of Latin America, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, I love seeing him in his like 20s and 30s when he's young and just like powder suit and you know yeah just everything he has a he has a whole orchestra with him it's just it's just amazing to watch those videos and see him like really own him himself and knowing that there's no one out there like him whatsoever and i don't think there'll be anyone like him that can touch him no absolutely <laughs> he's like our equivalent of like i don't know it, like somebody different like a prince or something somebody that nobody else can imitate right yeah so you're you're gonna get your imitator or imitator. <laughs> they're gonna sing to you all night and we're all gonna get drunk no i'm just kidding but it's gonna be a good time and that's how you, well you know what you have 32 days to find them yeah <laughs> uh, so that'll keep me going for a little bit i'm, I'm excited about it um, but back to your uh, a question about, you know, is, is there something that I can share with someone that's younger and listening? I don't know. I, I, I would say that, how can I say this? I would say that thank you for listening and in the same amount of humility that I have for my family, I, I ask, uh, I will give it on upon to you in the sense that I don't have all the right answers. I'm still figuring out it, even if I'm a good employee. I, I have so much inside of me that I need to get out. And I know if I don't need, if I don't do it, it'll eat me up inside. 
And if you carry that same fire or that same energy within you and you hold it in, it'll slowly, and that is the worst kind of experience that you can get is that it'll, it'll eat you up literally from the inside. Whatever your outlet is with the right intention, express it because it, it, it'll help you out in the long run. Yeah. So don't hold it in. Whatever it is that you want to do. I, I talk about this all the time, Raul, and we've, we've talked about it. It's like, we just got to do it. And sometimes, you know, you, you just started a lot of this, you know, the vlogging and writing and all of that. You said only like, what, 16 months ago, if that, 13 months mm-hmm. ago? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. I mean, that was not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And you just did it. It's like, uh, that's the one thing that I'm learning. I just started a little YouTube thing. I don't know what the heck I'm doing, but I wanted to do it. It's like, like you said, it's the right intention. I, who knows? I might not be here tomorrow. Yeah. We might not be here tomorrow. And then before you know it, it's birthday upon birthday upon birthday. We just lost, you know, five years where we could have started five years before. That was me for many, many, many decades. So I agree. I, I think don't let it eat you up inside. And there's never been a better time than just now to start. I think as a creative and maybe as a middle child or, or I don't know, I, I feel like there's a heightened sense of self-awareness. And I can literally feel the judgment from others and, and how they view or perceive what I'm doing. And that shakes me up sometimes. But I know as I just explained here that I'm, I'm doing it for the right reasons and that's for my family. And I, I don't know, Martha, when I'll get to be a parent, but thinking about it just brings inside of me just so much joy about that kind of journey and that kind of experience that I can't freaking wait. Like, I, yes. I'm excited for that. You're going to be amazing. <laughs> to just experience life hugely different than what it is now in in a much bigger way than myself. I, I can't wait. Well, Raul, I think that your parents, you know, as and as a parent myself, the goal for our children is to be one level better than than they were. And you know, in in one level, if you propel yourself to, you know, 10 levels, then you know, rock star, right? But I mean, just a little bit better than ourselves. I mean, whatever it is that we're learning in this lifetime that you're learning right now, in this month, in this year, in these last 13 months, whatever it is, it makes us better. And, you know, when I started this journey, I said, um, I'm going to keep speaking so that maybe somebody can feel better about themselves and be less afraid of doing things. And hopefully that's it. That's all it was. I was just, you know, a normal, ordinary, humble human who comes from a farm can do things. And if anybody is above dirt and me, then you're freaking golden. And Raul, you were one of those people that kind of example, example. So yes, I might, I get judged. I'm sure I'm getting judged and that's okay because I'm doing it for the right reasons. I'm doing it for the right reasons. And you know what? If somebody doesn't like what I say, you know, unfollow me. It's cool. Yeah. Not losing sleep over you. <laughs> Absolutely. And and you've contributed to me being more out there and outspoken. And um, you, so you do impact people. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm with you until 
Until the end, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Until the end, my friend. <laughs> uh, the, the last thing that I'll say, because this is on my mind, if you relate to anyone listening out there, if you relate to me or Martha and her experience, if you are an immigrant yourself or a first-gen college student or whatever the case may be, you have hit the lot of your superpower is just that. There's no other kind of experience out there than that of a first generation, second generation individual, because your perspective lies in two cultures. And for me, I found a lot of comfort in the middle ground. Like I found a lot of comfort in in dichotomies. I found a lot of comfort in being torn. Should I do this? Should I do that? And I, I realized that it was that in order for me to be okay, I would have to decide whether it's this or that but i never realized that it was this and that like it's both yes like yes my parents are from mexico i'm from here and in between both cultures they will never know what it's like to experience this in the same way i will never know what it's like to come to a new country and yes i make more than both my parents and I shouldn't feel guilty for spending that. I I shouldn't feel guilty for uh, having this kind of journey that I'm on in the same way that I appreciate them so much for being themselves and for them to still be around. And I'm I'm just very grateful in that capacity. So if you relate to us, I, I hope that you're grateful as well. Look around you and just look at all the roses that you have and tell them, tell them because it's, this uh, this little journey that we're on, I don't know when it's going to end, but it's, it's for sure going to so make the most out of it. Those roses mean so much to other people, too. Mm-hmm. So look at all the roses that you have. Look at everything that you have, because there's always somebody who who has it worse off. So you're absolutely right. Let's take this experience that we have on Earth. Let's maximize this. Let's not stop. Let's not stop. Let's not put the brakes on. And just keep going. And if you have a story, don't hold it back because it's, I think, with stories that we learn that, oh, maybe other people have overcome as well. We're not, we're, there is no roadblock. There is no roadblock. It's this and that. Mm-hmm. I like that, Raul. I like that. It's this and that. It's not one or the other. But the only way they know that it's this and that is us telling them that it could be this and that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to stop it right here, Raul. Thank you so much for being amazing and a good human. <laughs> Thank you so much, Martha. Okay, te cuidas. All right, bye. This is Moments with Martha. Peace and love, everyone. Adios. Peace.